episode of the all things blues and southern rock podcast thank you for your downloads participation on the facebook page and sharing music with us uh this is a special episode of the podcast we're gonna have two double episodes and this is to cover all you know the the great people great uh you know musicians and comedians and vjs that we got to talk to at rock and pod in nashville um, so I'm going to throw this over to you. Well, Jason is with us as always. I, yeah, should, you know, I'm here. I always say that and I almost tossed over <laughs> you without saying that Jason's here with us, but, uh, why don't you tell the listeners who they're going to get to hear in these, uh, four episodes coming this up. Very special on location, uh, of <laughs> all things blues and Southern rock special edition. Boy, oh boy, and you might have to help me out, Brian, but we talked to a lot of people. I'm going to try to go in chronological order, and we had some guests that came in that we didn't expect. So Mark Goodman, original MTV VJ, Don Jameson, comedian, also host of his own shows. He was also on that metal, metal show, so he's a guy who's immersed in all the music himself. Um, who else did we have on? We had... Ace Von Johnson, a guitar player from L.A. Guns. We had um, Matt Penfield, MTV VJ. We had on uh, guys from the band Tora Tora, guys from um, the band Roxy Blue. We had a bass player, singer, Roxy Blue, and guitar player, singer, Tora Tora. Um, Anthony Quarter also played uh, from Tora Tora, played a solo acoustic show at Rock and Pod. That was great. Um, we had on Jax Hollow, who, who we, you're going to hear a full episode about her. Uh, Dusty from The Reveal was on. Connor Shank from The Shank Band was on. Alani Hammer from Hammer Down Hard, also who played in Black Oak, Arkansas. Uh, Jack Russell's Great White and some other bands uh, was on with us as well. Uh, we had our buddy that we didn't expect to see Mr. Matt Wake, a rock journalist who's been on a previous episode, who we love, love his writing. He showed up. We had no idea. We grabbed him uh, for some time to sit down with us. Who am I missing, Brian? Uh, no one. You got them all. It, it, was really, it was really cool to see Matt because we were surprised about that. We're like, we're like, is that Matt Wake? <laughs> <laughs> I think we like, saw him, him first and then you brought it up to me and it was great. It was great to uh, uh, hang out with him and 
go have some dinner with him and the guys in state of America, our friends in state of America. And author Greg Renoff, who yeah, that was done very, very rising cool. book. Very cool. Like very a cool. legit author who was there as a guest selling his book and doing autographs. Yeah. So I don't know what else we can say. You know, this, uh, the first episode you, you're going to hear here is, uh, um, Mark Goodman, Don Jameson, and Matt Pinfield is kind of like our uh, MTV VJ personality. Well, actually, Don Jameson was on VH1, that metal show, and but uh, he did uh, some helped out, uh, you know, a specific uh, MTV VJ that did a show on Saturday nights <laughs> at one point where people um, uh, banged their head at a ball. Yeah, and well. We kind of do some suggestive reference and referencing <laughs> of him and with uh, our friends in State of America. And those are some other episodes coming up. So, but a great slew of guests. It was fun to talk to them all. I think you'll hear the enthusiasm that we had and they had and enjoy. All right. Well, I hope you guys uh, uh, enjoy all these uh, four episodes that you'll get uh, two in one weekend and two in another weekend. So uh, just kick back, relax, and enjoy our conversations with all our guests from Rock and Pod. We have Mark Goodman, former MTV VJ. And uh, we're just happy to have you here, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. This, place is, this is my first podcast convention. Our first two. Our first oh, two. Really? Yeah. yeah. We're a new podcast. We've been around just over a year, 51 episodes now. That's awesome. Right? So you can tell me, like, why did you decide to do a podcast? You know, I, I started the Facebook page first called All, All Things What's Blues that? and Southern Rock. So I just love kind of the blues rock genre. Right? And a big, huge Black Crows fan. Huge Blackberry Smoke fan. Yeah. Uh, started the Facebook page. And then our buddies here to the left, they have the State of America Black Rose podcast. So that kind of influenced me to start a podcast. Uh-huh. So I talked to these guys, and, and they uh, gave me a lot of encouragement and motivation. So got it started. And originally had a different uh, co-host, but then I got Jason, you know, that had made yeah, a change. Yeah, he so downgraded. Traded. No, he traded up, man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> So yeah, and then here we are. So very, very proud. But uh, cool. let's just get this underway. And we uh, want to ask you about your. I thought we started already. Yeah, <laughs> oh, uh, for okay. sure. We're very interested in your very early radio career. You know, uh, uh, WMMR in Philly, and then wow. and W. Uh, you know PLJ that. in New York City. We do yeah. our research. Yeah, man. Yeah. So what? At that time, like in the uh, mid to late seventies, like. You got to see like the, probably the first wave of the of southern rock bands. Oh yeah! And if you could uh, talk talk about that, it'd be great. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I was on the radio when "Pronounced" came out. Yeah, <laughs> when it's yeah. Album and, you know, was I guess I, I feel like it was even before they called it southern rock. You know, I mean, it's sort of at that time was it seems to feels to me. You could tell me better, but it felt like that was when that sort of term and that genre is really starting to be sure developed like Skinner happened and then like I remember in Philly we had pretty soon after that we had Molly Hatchet right and it was it was in Philly really really big 
really big. Um, so so I, mean, what, I, got what, to, I got to hang with some people like Don Barnes from 38 Special. Oh, yeah. See, that's another band, right? Like, yeah. They, they fit the Southern rock. Well, you know, rock Southern rock is just rock, but, you know, from the South, blues influence. Yeah. But that, well, I mean, and I wonder how people, Southern rockers, feel about bands like 38 Special. Because they, you know, they were little working with... The, with a little uh, more mainstream. And, you know, getting songs that weren't... They were trying to go pop. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, Radio, fact, very I got an 80s cruise coming up in March. Can't believe that. Um, and 38 Special is one of the bands that's going to be on board. Oh, sure. Board. Sure. So... I'm looking forward to it. So, what do you think Philadelphia was so taken? Like, like Southern rock bands would be popular in Philadelphia. Philly is a rock and roll town. That's right. I grew up there, and man, we look. We we were the first town to tune into. I know he's not Southern, but like Bruce Springsteen, and there's so many bands in this in the '70s, especially that broke out of Philadelphia. I really, I was really lucky to grow up in that town. It was, you know, a broad music spectrum, and I feel really lucky. But that, you know, we're rockers in that town, so right. of course bands out of the South would make it. I mean, I saw Charlie Daniels' band like ten times in Philly, and right on. You know, I mean, so many of those the, the older bands—they're great, they're great. And so, you know, transitioning to your time at MTV. Really, blues music and southern rock wasn't that big, really, from the start to really at any point, too. Um, why do you think maybe it didn't translate so well to, like, the video generation or what was going on on MTV? Well, I'd have to... I'm speculating. Yeah. But, you know, 1981, it was... Well, as far as MTV goes, we were locked into playing the videos that existed. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why we played... Tons of Rod Stewart because yeah. he made a million videos, <laughs> and you know, a lot of the, the fluffy shirt bands from England. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They were making the videos. Is that well, an, that's what we got to play? Is that an, a dig at Adam Ant? <laughs> I, listen, I I love that stuff. I do. I too. really do. Um, but you know, I mean, I I get it. Yeah. It was it was very. It's to me like the opposite of Southern rock. <laughs> for sure, you know? for sure. But I mean, there was it was a pivotal time you know there was stuff that was happening that punk had happened in england right it never really happened here and so there was but the influence was still felt so i think that you know it was just like a transition and we did have bands like that that we, we played leonard skinner we played 38 special we, we you know we played that stuff but there was a new it was something else that was coming into vogue right so we had to and they made videos <laughs> <laughs> well i think too that you see you know, with the ad, with the we'll call them the hair metal bands, but a lot of those bands also that were popular on MTV for a oh, while yeah. did have that blues. You know, you've got the Cinderellas. Speaking of Philadelphia, yeah, man, Cinderella is absolutely blues based hard rock. Keepers, even though, what an amazing voice that dude has! Oh, for sure, yeah. sure, I for know. sure. My favorite video from them is that uh, hot dog commercial he did for that local company. You can still find it on YouTube. I can't remember the name of the hot dog stand. It was like a 24-hour hot dog stand. But, you know, those, those, you know, going back to your point about Philly is like really embracing that stuff. I guess you don't have bands like Cinderella uh, who go kind of that genre if you're not really big into in the area. It's true. It's true. I mean, we loved it. People came. There was, I, I've seen bands like super young bands. At te- like clubs with with a hundred people, yeah, know, or two hundred people, I didn't have to just the spectrum. Well, it's not called the spectrum anymore. It's called 
something else. I forget now, but yeah, yeah. I've seen you know that that's eighteen thousand seats. That's where Bruce Springsteen will play. But that was the place to go, man. It yeah, was, I've seen them. Seen a lot of those bands come through. We just we 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 rock. Yeah, Even for still. sure. Uh, Jason spoke about Cinderella, so we always talk about how them and like Tesla. Uh, Tora Tora, who we're going to talk to later, kind of got dumped into that kind of, you know, what we call that hair band category. Right. Um, another band, Junkyard, bands like that. Like, what's what's your take on, on those bands? Because I think it's after Guns N' Roses came out, it kind of changed things from that big hair thing down to, you know, a little more normal. Well, I think they showed how it was done, Guns N' Roses, didn't they? Right, for sure. I mean... Uh, I mean, I, I, I like them. I don't know. I don't know what to, to say about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I dig the bands. So. Right on. So I, I've got a question for you. If you um, you're doing satellite radio now, right? Mm-hmm. So, tell me a little bit about really where modern radio stands with the advent of satellite radio and what really opportunities that provides. Listen, it's it's people like you, yeah. who are doing podcasts and streaming services and YouTube and you know every imaginable you know little TikTok and all, all that stuff. Satellite radio has to compete for attention, just like you guys do. And we're just trying. It's satellite. It's serious. We're 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 trying to. We're not the new technology on right. the block anymore. We, I've been there 17 years. They've been around for 20, I think. Sure. And and then when it first came out, it was like this cool new thing. And but now we're not anymore. So we we bought Pandora. Right. And we're working on Pandora. And we're doing a lot of things where we're placing programming on Pandora yeah. to make that accessible. So on demand stuff. So we're trying to do things to compete. But radio is radio. You know. I mean. I haven't seen studies in the last couple of years, but up until really recently, even with YouTube, even with satellite radio, even with streaming services, radio was still the number one place that people went to discover new music. Yeah, right. And so. you know, and it's tough. So one, I love Sirius. I love I love listening to you guys on '80s on Eight and doing the original. VG. I, my wife and I listen to it all the time. Our kids even like it. I've got a 16, 18 year old. But um, what? Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Old. Um, <laughs> But going to the streaming stuff, the app is great for SiriusXM because you guys do have some of those condensed. They're almost like podcasts themselves where you have interviews you can find on demand yeah. or concerts. So I really think like the satellite radio is keeping up a little bit in those regards at the same time. You know, And I don't know if it's, your point is, is podcasting and streaming kind of forcing you guys to go in that direction too? Listen, technology never stops. Right. And so we're fighting for audience and we're doing the best that we can do. You know, we have over 30 million subscribers and we don't have ratings yeah um, so it's hard to tell exactly and especially since covid they used to do audience research like um they would do like auditorium testing uh-huh. where they would get a bunch of people in a room and play them little bits of music and stuff we, we haven't been doing that lately so we use other ways to determine how many people are listening but but the idea is we just have to keep on you know we have deals with every car manufacturer yeah doing oh yeah i've got four cars and so we got it all in every car <laughs> right and then and we have different you know you get it free for six months right whatever it is yeah so we keep on doing that kind of stuff and try and and keep up i i mean i came from radio as you know so i i have a place in my heart for radio i just i just love radio in general um i think the idea for us 
is to I mean once once you get serious I don't know why anybody would go back to terrestrial oh, radio. Oh, terrestrial radio is awful. I mean awful. You know, the, the limited playlists. Yeah, limited playlists. You hear the same stuff over and over. There's no new new things. Unless you're listening yeah. to a sports team. You know, if I'm right. listening to my Cincinnati Reds, sure. But that's all. Are you from music. Cincinnati? I'm from Cincinnati. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's my uh, my co-host on Volumes, a guy named Alan Light, also from Cincinnati, yeah. and uh, author and journalist. He was editor at Spin Magazine and at Rolling Stone Magazine. He's written books on Prince and Greg Allman. And he, in fact, he nice. did Greg Allman's memoir before he passed. Oh, no kidding! He really worked on that. His name's Alan Light. Cincinnati is a, as Brian. So Brian's from North Dakota. I'm from Cincinnati. <laughs> I live. Wow. Yeah. I live in Columbus now, Columbus, uh-huh. Ohio, but. There's Ohio is a great like musical destination from artists to things that you know it's crazy. Cleveland, man. Cleveland. <laughs> boo. Wait, no, I'm from. You say Cleveland? I say boo. <laughs> Cleveland. Yes. Is that a sports thing? <laughs> it's a totally a sport. It's okay. the it's the bang, it's Bengals Browns. It's it's the whole oh, okay. history. So yeah, I, I, I'm not a sports guy at all. Cleveland's I say okay. Cleveland, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for God's sake. Come on. <laughs> Cleveland is actually okay. It's just, you know, it's just, I, I got to say that, or else my Cincinnati friends will be mad at me. Fair enough. <laughs> Anything else for you, Brian? No, just uh, thanks for being here, Mark, for our first guest at our first Rock and Pod. We uh, were so grateful for that. You broke Thank us you in, so man. Much. You were nice. I you, hope you I was know, gentle. You were, you were very gentle. <laughs> Good luck, man. Good luck with this. Thanks, you know, Mark. It's like you're forging Thank new you. ground. What's so, that? We are forging new ground. We are you know? forging you're... new ground. Good luck. Good luck. Much appreciated. Thanks, man. Cheers. We're here with our next uh, guest at Rockin' Pod here in Nashville. We've got uh, comedian Don Jameson with us, and I'm going to pitch us over to Jason to get us started. Hey. Don, thanks for joining us, man. We are big fans. We love the metal show um, and everything you. that you're doing and kind of keeping this rock thing alive. Yeah. It, you know, it's crazy. You know, when we first started doing that metal show, the three of us had no idea if we were going to have any impact. You know, we just figured... We figured we'd shoot a pilot, meet a Lita Ford, make a thousand bucks. You know, that's a rough pilot to shoot with Lita Ford, right? Our TV career would be over then. But as we kept doing it, it was just really amazing. The, you know, all the feedback we got from, the, obviously, the fans, but the musicians, too, you know. And so it really became a mission for us to continue the show because, you know, people would say, oh, yeah, we got tours because of doing your show and we got album deals and stuff like that. And, you know, even though the show's not on the air anymore, you know, I do a webcast, you know, where I interview all these guys and, and Jim and Eddie have their shows on Sirius XM. So yeah. we're all still doing our part. I love it. So. Obviously, we're the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. Our focus is on new and emerging artists in that realm, also some existing ones. But we really want to get into with you because you're a big metal guy. Obviously, there's an influence of blues and Southern Rock and metal. Sure. Can you talk us through some bands that really come out in your mind that have been most kind of influenced by these, these types of music or genres? Oh, boy. Um, so, well, Southern Rock is, uh, you know, a band that, uh, that I've always loved for a long time and that I actually toured with. Um, I don't know if you, I don't even know if I could say their name on your podcast. Is this 
You can say any name you want. Nashville Pussy? Yeah, you can yeah. say Nashville Pussy. Yeah. yeah, man. Dude, listen, we're not going to lose sponsors because we don't have um, any. We don't have any. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You know, I, you know I'm, I'm a nightclub comedian, you know, for mm-hmm. 22 years. But in, like, in the last 10, I've been going out and opening for bands. And, mm-hmm. and I, the last big tour I did was with Nashville Pussy. And, you know, they're, they're you know, Southerners through and through. Right. And obviously, you know, they blend country and, and blues and Southern rock into what they do. They, you know, it's like all that stuff. You know, with a couple lines of you know trucker speed thrown in the mix, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, the bands you know that that have the blues influence. I mean, look, you can go back to the creators of heavy metal, Black Sabbath. I mean, absolutely, no one more bluesy than them. But also mm-hmm. that they have the heaviness, and then you have the bands from the '90s that emulated that, like the Sound Gardens and the Alice in Chains. And so, you know, they just took that a different way. But it all traces back to the blues, right? Right. Um, and there's, a, there's, I mean, look, there's a lot of great, what if you want to call them southern rock bands, you know, like Blackberry Smoke. There you right, go, yeah. And, uh, Blackstone Cherry. Yep. Um, you know, Jared James Nichols. Yep. Right? Did I get his name? I yeah. hope I did. Yeah. He's a great emerging artist, right? So, um, you know, it's great to see, especially Jared, young guy, doing the blue, you know, putting that mm. blues influence in. Obviously, you know, love Joe Bonamassa. Yeah. Needless to say, right, 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 right. And I love what he brought into uh, Black Country Communion. You know, you yeah. put you put Joe's blues in with, you know, Glenn Hughes and everything he brings to the table, and you have you know, Jason Bonham, yeah, and Derek Sherinian. So you have a master at every position there. But uh, yeah, it always again, it always it always comes stems from the blues. Uh, you know, a lot there's bands that we always talk about that that got thrown in that same bag of you know what some people call hair rock or hair metal or whatever but we always talk about cinderella we talk about um tesla junkyard bands like those as far as you know and we're gonna be talking to tour tour later on today so you can talk about any of those bands at all and how that's i should have mentioned cinderella because they you know they all live here in nashville they do yeah i'm actually i'm actually staying with their with their guitar player oh no kidding i'm in town tony higby is is such a great player you should have brought him (laughs) uh yeah no he was he, he was out the door before me this morning but um yeah obviously you know that was the crazy thing with cinderella you know which i'm sure you guys have heard a million times is you know they, you know they didn't know where especially in the mtv days they didn't know where to put them right you know, everybody had yeah. to go in a certain box and they got thrown in the hair metal box but anybody who, who put on any of the records knew that wasn't the case right so it was so sort of like tesla you know it's like they didn't really know what to do with them you know you couldn't just be a rock band right jeans and t-shirts you sort of had to fit into a certain genre which i never believed in you know, but Cinderella was probably the most marginalized by the quote-unquote hair metal movement because oh, sure. they were never that. No, and obviously, what Tom's been doing since then with his solo band is just amazing stuff. Continuing on what he did um, and continuing on with the, with the blues influence. Yeah, is there are there any new artists that we should know about that? Because I mean, you're going out, you're touring with people, you're seeing all these different bands are, that, yeah. that we should you know take a look at. Well, I think I mentioned, you know, a couple of, a couple of them, um, Blackstone Cherry is yeah. really... Yeah, we've had Chris Robertson on before. Okay, yeah, yeah. They, those guys are really blowing up, and um, and like I said, Jared James, he's the guy that really comes to mind as far yeah. as a young guy, really doing very much blues-based rock, um, but, oh God, there's there's a million great bands. I mean, I could, I could look through my uh, <laughs> my Apple Music and, and give you guys some more, but... Um, 
if we're if we're just talking that's like what rock we're trying blues, to do but, is promote these new bands and get you know because there's not a lot of great outlet for these these artists to get out anymore right yeah. rock radio is not doing great and like people just want to play the same stuff from the last 30 years or 40 yeah. years I mean there's a band it's they're very 70 sounding Crowbot I'm sure you guys know of Crowbot if you don't yes. it's Robot with a C yeah. <laughs> I saw them open for Anthrax yeah yeah, yeah. and the Motorhead on the Motorhead tour right uh, no it was Anthrax <laughs> then they played before Volbeat it was Volbeat oh was Volbeat as well yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, those Dave guys Grohl? can play with anybody, pretty much. Yeah. Did Dave Grohl do stuff with Crowbot or somebody? No, I don't think. Okay. Dave, yeah, right. I don't think so. All right. But, but yeah, I'm always looking. I'm always looking for for new stuff, man. You know, I'm, I'm my thirst for discovering new music hasn't waned, especially since I've been back collecting vinyl the last ten years. Yeah. So that's super important to me is to go out and buy the physical product. Is there any vinyl that's your holy grail right now that you haven't been able to get? Oh man, Jesus! There's a t- I mean, I'll tell you, my favorite vinyl is um, I have a David Lee Roth "Eat 'Em and Smile." And I was thinking this because Billy Sheehan was yeah, right over yeah, there. Yeah. Um, you know that album's brilliant, but I have it sung the entire album sung in Spanish. <laughs> what? Dave recorded, re-recorded all his vocals. No kidding. So really? you know, there's a sticker on the album that says "Canta en Español," and <laughs> nice. so and I love that because of course Dave would do that. Right, right. You know, for the Spanish market, same music, but Dave sings in Spanish <laughs> over it. So how did it sound? Hilarious and and awesome too. You know, like just so gr- like Dave. Great. Yeah. Hilarious and awesome. Yeah. And I speak a bit of Spanish, so I, it was funny to hear what the translations were and and, and the song titles on the back are yeah. translated yeah, yeah, yeah. loosely into Spanish. It's but it's funny how they they uh, do that. So that's when I collect vinyl. That's what I always I look for very specific things. Um, the white whale vinyl. Let's see. So now that I've bought myself a couple minutes here. Uh, <laughs> is that what you're doing? One, you're giving yourself time to think? <laughs> um, the one that I really want to get um, is the original um, blue vinyl of Albert Productions of Dirty Deeds of uh, from ACDC. Yeah. The Australian version. I have a version, but I don't have the blue one. That mm. one's the, like the rarest one. So I've been looking. They call it the Blue Room. Huh. So I've been looking for that one. So if anyone has it. If we find it, we will contact it, you. Yeah. Write me at disc, um, Discogs because I do that. You guys do the Discogs thing? No. What is that? It's an app where you catalog your all your... Um, so it's like that beer app. It's every beer I've drank. Yeah, it's yeah, the same yeah. thing for records. Yeah, okay. Except <laughs> see, vinyl, I know the yeah. beer one. <laughs> and the CDs. You can put it on there. So, But I find a lot of stuff on there as well. Yep. And the other one is... So Ozzy did the live album Speak of the Devil. That's what it was called in America. In Europe, it was called Talk of the Devil. Okay. So that's another one I got to get. Nice. Well, we'll be on the lookout for those for you for sure. Is there anything special you're looking at here at Rock and Pod to go and do or be part of. I'm just trying to stay out of trouble, really. It's, it's my it first one. I don't want to, you know. It's our first one as well. Nice. You know, we had Mark Goodman break us, and he was very gentle and nice. You know, so. Oh yeah, you cool. Know, he, um, yeah, and Ricky Rackman's here. So, the little known history. A lot of people know. I worked on Headbangers Ball. No kidding. Back in the day, so I've known Ricky for over 30 years. Were you doing like PA stuff, or what were you doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I did like all his travel and. And made sure, like, he got to the studio and, and all that stuff. Because I had hair down to, like, my waist sure. back then. So they were like, oh, put the long-haired guy on Headbangers Ball. You know, I was working at MTV at the time. So, uh, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to film an episode of my webcast. It's called uh, That Jameson Show um, on Compound Media. So I'm going to film an episode of that. Awesome. And then talk to awesome guys like you as well. <laughs> uh, tying into, like, the metal stuff and... Uh, do I have the story that you and Jim were both New Jersey guys, and you guys used when Metallica first came out, 
to do you kill them all like he drove those guys around? Or? Yeah, Jim did. Yeah, Jim did. Okay. Yeah, Jim used to drive them and Raven around. Oh, Raven! Yeah, oh like, my goodness! And it's like Dad's station wagon or something. And, <laughs> but yeah, the old in Old Bridge, New Jersey, that whole scene was like those guys. You know, the, the they still call them the old Old Bridge Metal Militia, and and Metallica still acknowledges those guys because when Metallica was nobody, when they came to Jersey and they were signed to Megaforce, you know, they let them sleep in their house and yeah. throw up yes. on their carpet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, there was a, Jim told me a funny story. One of, one of the Old Bridge Metal Militia guys was trying to sell his house forever. He couldn't couldn't get what the asking price for, and he was getting bummed out. And one day he was, you know, here comes somebody else who's not going to buy my house. And and he, they started talking about music and found out the guy was a big metalhead. He goes, you know, James Hetfield puked in this toilet right here, <laughs> and the guy bought the house. That was the selling point. He bought the house because he wanted so. a house where Hetfield puked in the toilet. <laughs> That's awesome. So, what do you got going on? Where can we send people to go find your stuff? You mentioned that Jameson show. Like, yeah. t- tell us where to go to find out more about Don Jameson. Yeah, donjameson.com. Okay. And I'm on all the social medias. I'm always out touring, doing my stand up. In the fall, I'll be out with the Dead Daisies on tour. We opening. just had Daisy Dead on the show. Oh, cool. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not that's, 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 that's different. Di- yeah, not the Dead <laughs> We had the Dead Deads. Yeah. Not, oh, yeah, okay. not the Dead yeah, Daisies. I know, I know, yeah. Okay. They're a Nashville band. Like they a are three-piece. Female band. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. Are they trio? Yes. Trio now. Yeah, they yeah, are a trio. They have a good buzz going with those guys. They're getting right open for Candle. Well, they are opening for Candlebox right now. Oh, Candlebox okay. just started their tour, and we just yeah. had the bass play. So every time you say, I get the Dead Deads and the, and the Dead Daisies confused. Yeah. Well, I'm available for the Dead Deads after I'm done with the Dead Daisies. Well, tell them. They're, well, they're great. I've opened for Faster Pussycat and Nashville Pussy, so I got the <laughs> pussy bands out of the way. Now i got to get the dead bands all out of the See? way. There we you, go. You can, you can do Joe Russo's The Dead, right? What are they called? Joe Russo's, Joe Russo's the, Almost Dead. Almost Dead. Yeah. See? I mean, we're, you know, it's a good tour. <laughs> but, um, we'll definitely, like, check all your stuff out and, um, you know... Appreciate you sitting down. Is there anything uh, last you want to say? I guess no. Just appreciate the support and uh, yeah, we love you, you man. We're all in the same business, man. Keeping this. Thank you for stopping by and talking to us. You got it, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for being with us, Matt. Yeah, it's good to be here with you guys, yeah. man. I think it's cool that you guys have a, uh, a podcast that's dedicated to uh, blues and southern rock. Because, uh, you know, there's there's so much uh, great music. It's really interesting. You know, I, you know, people th- think of me as alternative and hard rock because I did that version of uh, Headbangers Bowl called Matt Rock. And then, of course, yeah. 120 Minutes. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just love... All music. Uh, I mean, that's good music. I mean, yeah. you know, there's only two kinds of music. Music that moves you, music that doesn't. Uh, so I love blues, and, and I love Southern rock, so that's why uh, your podcast really I thought was, was super cool. And, um, 
you know, so it's really interesting for me because of growing up as a kid and being into Skinner and the Allman Brothers and then yeah. having a daughter born in Jacksonville, wow. you know, and she still lives there and um, and getting to know the Van Zant family and the yeah. people behind really? it, you know, Skinner and I've, you know, I became very good friends with, with Johnny and Donnie yeah. and, um, and Ronnie's widow, Melody, I mean, Ronnie's, Ronnie's daughter, Melody, right, and his wife and... Um, which is which is a pretty amazing thing, you know. I was with Skinner, hanging out with them the day they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall oh, of wow. Fame. Okay, and it was a really wild thing for me because they were like, "Hey, man, um, you know, uh, it's cool. We our kids taking pictures with me. Are you?" I go, "Are you kidding me? I should be asking you guys to take pictures." <laughs> but uh, so I've done a bunch of interviews, you know, with those guys over the years, and uh, with Gary Rossington as well, yeah. and. Um, Ricky Medlock, who you know I knew from Blackfoot, of yeah, course, as yeah, a kid. Yeah, Medlock, yeah. You know he's such a cool guy. They're just good people, man. I just love the the Southern bands. Well, the Almonds, like right? Dwayne and well, those, Greg are from Jacksonville. You know, it's amazing for me. Yeah, them being from Jacksonville too. I love. You know, sadly, I never got to meet. Uh, obviously, I didn't get to meet Dwayne because he died. Yeah, he did, or yeah. Barry Oakley, but I um, and I didn't get to meet Greg either, but. You know, I'm friends with his two sons. You know, yeah. so I'm mm-hmm. Elijah is one of my best friends, okay. and then I became friends with Devin. Yep, I just saw him play opening yeah. for a Blackberry Smoke on the uh, Spirit of South Shore, which awesome. is such a great They're one. Good man, those They're, guys are good. They do nail it. You know, we just did a thing. They did a live stream, uh, three nights from the Roxy, and I th- and I did an interview with those guys for and kind of talked about you know the family legacy and everything. You know, and it's pretty amazing that. Barry Oakley Jr., Barry Dwayne Oakley, yeah, was yeah. you know, but his, his stepdad is Chuck Negron from the Three Dog Night, you know. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's his stepdad. You wow. know, yeah, <laughs> oh, geez, uh, which is pretty wild. How, how did all this? And you know, Elijah. You know, it's funny because you know Elijah is one of my best friends, and you know he's sharing Greg Allman's son. Yeah, yeah. And although Greg wasn't, didn't has said, uh, you know, my my son's music's a little different than what I do, and uh, I don't maybe understand all of it. Um, he had nothing but love for his dad. <laughs> right. And we got a, we got this big super jam going, a bunch of sober guys, because you know I'm sober 15 months now. But hey, I'm congratulations! Thank you guys, I appreciate it. And you know, Elijah came down because he's friends with the whole group of us, and it was guys from like, you know, Alice in Chains and Maroon Five and a million bands. We're all hanging out and doing this big super jam at SR Studios in Hollywood. And I sang Whipping Post, which oh, was did great. You really? Yeah, really? Yeah, he got to hear me I sing that. I didn't know that. you sing. You got a good voice. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's good radio well, you know, voice. You should see. <laughs> you can see one. You can see me doing Motorhead, which is pretty intense. The uh, on Motorhead's website, as wow. part of punk rock karaoke, I do Ace of Spades. And nice. Punk. And you know, if you did a crappy version of that, man, the Motorhead fans would would crucify Sick you. So they loved it. Actually, eighty thousand views on their website. Uh, I'm gonna check which, that out, which Ryan. is pretty cool of Ace of Spades. But yeah, I did Whip and Boast because I love the song. It's one of my yeah. favorite songs ever. And I used to do that sometimes with this. There's a blues guitarist in New Jersey, Matt O'Ree, the Matt O'Ree Band. I don't know if you're familiar with those guys, but uh, they open for Bon Jovi sometimes. And okay. uh, Dave Bryan from Bon Jovi will come guest playing keyboards with them. But we do. I end up doing Whip and Post with them sometimes and wow. throw Fire and Water by Free in the middle of wow. it. Wow. Which is really cool. Doing so I sing Paul those songs. shit isn't easy either. Yeah. Well, you know, Paul Rogers was the stuff that I sang in bands since I was like 14. Yeah. I did, 
You know, we, I, I didn't know you were in bands. I just I, thought you were the radio guy. Yeah, I was in bands. You know, as a kid, I had a, I had a band called Thunderhead, and we played all the dances and all the teen centers. And we did, we'd open with all right now, but we do bad company songs like "Moving On" and uh, "Can't Get Enough." Yeah, sure, and things like that, and then a bunch of other things. But uh, Paul Rogers is one of my favorite singers. I both mean, Greg Allman is an incredible vocalist, man. He's one of my favorites. And you know what those two yeah. guys have in common? What's that? They got the soul, man. It's they soul. got the soul, R and B soul stuff. Yeah, that, that set some of those. I think a lot of the southern rockers apart from regular rockers. They had this yeah. that soul influence. It is the soul influence is amazing. That's why the Muscle Shoals documentary yeah, is one yeah. of my all time favorite. That's docs. An amazing documentary. Yeah, yeah. I gotta tell you guys. You know, it's funny. My my ex girlfriend. Uh, from a few years ago. I remember when she moved in with me in San Francisco and I was doing a morning show there and, and we had been having a long distance relationship from Phoenix. I remember, you know, saying to her, oh, you got to watch this documentary. This is amazing. And, and she uh, was, you know, hemming and hawing about not watching. I go, listen, um, watch five minutes of it. If you don't want to watch it after that, I'll turn it off. <laughs> but, and she was crying by the end of yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, I mean? man. Like, it was so great. There's a, in the, you know there's a couple great Skinner docs out there as yeah. well. Yep. Some Allman Brothers Allman docs Brothers out there. Docs. Yeah. And I love all that stuff. I mean, I love those bands. And you, and you know the thing that's really interesting, and you guys know this from what you do, is the difference between the Allman Brothers and Skinner were Skinnered. Every note that they played was rehearsed. Yeah. Right. And the Allman yep. Brothers jammed out. Yeah. 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 So it was like exactly... Well, but they were like Ronnie was like you know he ran that like James Brown yep. ran it band yeah. you know what I mean mm. where like everything was um, and they like to improvise and that was part of what they did yeah. right whether yeah. it's Dickie or Dwayne yeah. or you know or whomever you know playing and those guys again to separate Skinner from Almonds they had that more of that R and B influence did. you know yeah. more so than Skinner which more straight rock or country yeah. with it yeah exactly right like Battle of the Curve is slow and things yeah. like that were very very country esque yep. but um. And I loved you. You heard the R and B. That's why Dwayne played on all those records, like Wilson Pickett yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. Hell yeah! I mean, I, and I and I love that stuff. And it's funny because I ended up um, because I'm a you know I'm a, I'm a you know I'm a music nerd and record collector. <laughs> we, we never realized. <laughs> yeah, right. I got a seven inch. I and it was talk about it. Spending too much money on a record, but I got a seven inch of Midnight Rider and Whipping Post. Oh. A seven inch, and it's a different mix of Whipping Post. It's so weird. People don't know this. And I told the, I told the sons that it was a different mix. I think there's something a little different about the take as well. Mm-hmm. It's a diff, It's mixed differently. So as an All Brothers fan, I put it on. I went, wait a minute, this is wild. And you know that happened with bands like The Dead too. They have a single of Uncle John's band, which is edited, and it's somebody went in and mixed it at, for Warner Brothers. And totally screwed up all the harmonies that were really? that the guys were singing in the dead. Like it doesn't. It's all out of tune because they didn't know how to blend their voices together correctly. So the I, I want to hear this. The seventh version of Uncle John's Band is like a mess. It's terrible. I want to hear that. And I and I found it and I went, "What the hell?" I go, "They obviously weren't around for this mix." <laughs> you know, or, what kind of drugs were they taking when yeah, they recorded it? Exactly. Exactly. You know. Diggy Betts was, you were talking about Diggy Betts, and I love Diggy because uh, I did an interview with him for Mark Cuban's channel, HDNet. Yeah. And uh, I love the story. One of my favorite stories is how he came up with it in memory of Elizabeth Reed. You know, he was having an affair with that woman. Yeah. He said to me, he goes, we had nowhere to have sex. We had nowhere to go. Like, we didn't have any money yet. You know what I mean? He goes, and she was a Native American. I think she was married at the time. And he... Um, 
Yeah. Said they were yeah. having sex yeah. in, the, in the cemetery, and he looked up, and there on the gravestone was in memory <laughs> of Elizabeth Reed. <laughs> so for all those years, I never knew what that was. I thought it was like a family friend they dedicated the record to. You know, when I was a kid growing up looking he, at listening to, listen to Fillmore East. Dickie was a rascal. We had yeah. Andy Aldord on, who's a musician and a journalist himself. And he talked about playing in Dickie Betts band, and some, it was pretty interesting. But I want to, what I want to ask you, because you're known as the '90s rock guy. Yeah. What is the greatest Southern rock album in the '90s? Wow. Let me think about that one for a minute. Oh, come on! You should know this right off the it's top Black of your head. It's in your book. Yes, it is. Yes, man, it is. Southern yeah. Harmony Music Southern Companion. Music Companion. I love that album. Yep. That's yeah, and you know I put that in my book too. That's so I why yeah. I said that. Yeah, because I love we're that. all here doing this. Yeah, <laughs> I love the black. I love the Black Crows. I love the you know the things that. You know they took uh, and and did from covering Otis Redding on on Shake Your Money Maker yeah. to like just the, the pedal steel on songs like on America like yeah. Wiser yeah, Time yeah. is oh, just my one God. of my, That's my favorite, favorite all time song. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, man, and I love that God. song. I found a seven inch of it from Canada. Yeah. Like when I collect, you know, <laughs> I bought the Harvey screwed up on that. Too. No, no, that's cool. <laughs> it's just cut. You know, how, like there's the long version, the short version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time it's just the short version, uh. but uh, but it's really cool and. Uh, and I, you know, I just, but I love that. Yeah. And so you got, they are, yeah, they are the Southern rock band. You, there's no you, doubt. That album could have come back in the 70s and fit in perfectly for what was going I on. I agree 100%. You know? know? I mean, yeah. You know, those guys, I still love them. I'm yeah. Gonna, you know, I'm going to go see them in about a week. I just saw them in Cincinnati earlier this week. Oh, you went to the show? I did go to the show in Cincinnati, yeah. Was Dirty Honey open Dirty up Honey open That's up cool. That's good. Love those guys. And uh, I can't wait to go to that show because... Uh, you know, I've always gotten along great with Chris and Rich. Yeah. I love those dudes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad they're working together again, you know? They and looked like they were enjoying themselves on stage and, like, Chris sing rock songs again. Yeah. And Rich was happy to be up there with They just, I was like, I had, I'd seen The Crows a billion times. I hadn't seen yeah. that in forever. Yeah. It was, it wasn't good to see. Right before the pandemic, <clears throat> they played at uh, the Troubadour. And they did like a warm up show with yeah. Shake Your Money Maker. Yeah. And the only song that they did as an encore was It's Only Rock and Roll right. uh, by the Stones. But what was interesting was, and I said this to him after, I go, dude, you guys started the song with the riff from Star Star from Goat's Head Soup. <laughs> okay. that, like the yeah, beginning yeah, yeah. of that, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this. But yes, you, know, you can. Yeah. You can yeah. say it. You can say whatever you want. Starfucker on it. You know, it's like Starfucker, and they couldn't write that back in the 70s on the Goat's Head Soup cover, so they just called it Star Star. But they started with that riff. Yeah. And then it's only rock and roll. So I was like, whoa. I jumped. I went, what happened to Star Star? I was hoping they were going to do right. Star Star. It was still great that they did It's Only Rock and Roll. And they do the Stones so frick. Because they are the American version of the Stone. They you are. Know. You know, just... Yeah, I mean, go see that show. It's swagger, and that was the thing swagger. that I said about Chris. Great man. front man, he, he can sing, still, and, and he can still do chemistry. it. Yes, and he I can. told him, I said to him, like probably six months ago, I was talking to him, and he said to me, "I said, Chris, man, dude, you still got that swagger. I love that show, and that's such an important part of rock and roll. Yeah. And we just thought that that you know it really is one of the things." That is when it's missing in rock and roll. If you if you can have music with a groove that has like a, you know, it, it just has a swing to it. Well, they had some, some R and B to it too. Like, yeah, the, that's like what they it had is. a little of the R and B. Yeah, background singers like the gospel. I yeah. love that, dude. I love R and B. Personally, yeah. I'm a huge fan of all that music. Motown, Stax, Volt, yeah. Motown, oh. like any of any of his old soul records, '60s and '70s soul. I love. Yeah, I'm of course. a huge, huge fan of it. 
Crazy. Barry Gordy touched. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. It was pretty amazing. If you look at some of the early records he did, though, he did like surf records. He was trying to figure out what to do in the first couple of years before it hit Pater. Before like, before it attempts did the way you do the things you do, and like, and, and, and Supremes took off. But man, those records were great. Yeah, They're yeah, so yeah, yeah. Good, and you know. And, you know, like I said, with the Muscle Shoals, those guys playing on all those records by Clarence Carter and uh, Wilson Pickett, R.B. Graves, all that stuff. Like, take a little Maria, <laughs> all those things. Yeah. I love all that soul. I'm a, uh, yeah, soul, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul music is amazing to me. You I know? think the precursor to rock music, right? Soul yeah. and R&B yeah. and all blues all led to where we're at with rock. It really has. I mean, you know, without, without the blues, the greats, where would we be, you know? I had a long conversation with the... With Joe Bonamassa just recently, nice. um, because he was he's getting ready to play L.A., so he did my radio show, and it's fine. Out we're like, we were laughing because he's like, dude, we're, I'm like Joe, man, it's so good to see you again. He goes, yeah, man. He goes, you and I met when you did the voiceover for my EPK, his first like EPK, like 20 years ago. Wow, in 2001, I did a, a EPK for for Joe. Back then, the voice, and he lives across the street from Howie Weinberg. You know the guy you see his name on yeah, mastering yeah, yeah, on yeah, records, yeah. who's one of my close, close friends. So I'm like, dude, you live across from Howie? He's like, yeah, but I'm in Nashville right now. I go, he's got to come over, so I'm gonna go hang out with him. And we're gonna watch some videos of Free because he loves Free, and yeah. he, you know he had yeah, on that course. live album he had Paul Rogers sing Fire and Water, which is unbelievable. Love Bonamassa, yeah, love what a, he's a good guy. You know what I love about Joe? Besides the fact that he's just a, what an incredible player. I love that he doesn't give a shit about the music business. If he'll, t- if he'll, he'll call he people out on their show. shit. Yeah, he runs his own show. And he'll, and he'll, and he'll, if he thinks somebody's full of shit, he's the same way you, Lou Reed used to be. Yeah. He would just sit there and he'll tell a journalist where to go. But he sell he funds his own act, shit. though, right? That's why yeah. he could do that because he's also like it's he, an enterprise or whatever. He's so smart about the way he does business um, and being a self-contained artist. It's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah. It's great to see. But he's true to his fans in every way. And we yeah. have a great story. Uh, talking about Beth Hart, you know, yeah, and, and yeah, that yeah. record. And, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he yeah. did this up with Beth. Like two out, did he do more than one? Did he do like two things? With yeah, her or something? Yeah. yeah. And what I love too is he said to me, he goes, "Yeah, when I was real young, man, I used to be a little bit no filter at this time." <laughs> and somebody asked me about Beth Hart, and he goes, "He said he said to one of the guys in the manager, it was great." He goes, uh, "You know, this kind of reminds me of Big Brother in a holding company." And he goes. And that's not a compliment. <laughs> meaning, like, <laughs> meaning like the first band co- that played with Janice. Because you got to admit, as great as those records might be, they're still the band is like slagging behind Janice yeah. on, those, yeah, 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 on yeah. Chief Thrills and those records. And the backing vocals sound lackluster. They sound like when it goes, oh, you're like, you love Janice, but the backing vocals sound like those guys are fell asleep or fell over on their chair. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't say, so Joe just said it like it was. And he said, well, she's great. And then, you know, of course, they ended up working together, which is so cool. But I love that the story. That you come said. back and talk more Southern Rock and Blues with this. Anytime you want to come on, man. We love man. that. Yeah, we we love that. We got yeah, 50 love something guys. episodes out. And I know I think you're, you're, they're trying to get you out of yeah, here. But I enjoy talking to you guys. It was yeah, fun. Right. Come, seriously, come back anytime Thanks, you want, man. Matt Pinfield. Yeah, good hanging with you guys. Take care now. Thank you to Mark Goodman, Don Jameson, and Matt Pinfield for being our guests on this first installment of four covering the Rockin' Pod Podcast Expo from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks to you guys, the listeners. You'll get part two tomorrow afternoon. And next weekend on Friday morning, you'll get part three. And Saturday afternoon will be the fourth and final installment. Till then, always remember, Southern Rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time.